So it's a guy named Digbar Gay Raps. Okay. And he writes some of the most. It, it, when I say the gayest shit I've ever heard in my life, Josh, he writes the gayest shit I've ever heard in my life. Let's take a look really quick at his uh, discography. This guy came up um, this week in the cooler, Break and Load, and then this song comes on, one of his things comes on, and, I was, and we're like, oh, that can't be real. Look into it. And. It is. And it's real. But so here's some of here's some of his uh, bangers. Okay. Penile freestyle 6.0. Poop. BBC. Chicken and Dickin. <laughs> which um, side note, Chicken and Dickin is a fantastic. That is song. A great. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, whole lot of booty. Classical <laughs> booty. Dude's good. I really like his shit. <laughs> but he, all he does is rap about fucking big old black dudes. And me being a white, straight guy, like, mm-hmm. damn, man, I I have no place enjoying this as much as I do, but, man, I don't know. That's that's where I'm at. That's Thank you. I needed to get off that. that, get off that okay, that, yeah. I can't no, even talk. No, yeah. totally. No, I, I understand. I totally understand. It's like I have this thing in my – that I experienced, that I heard, and I need to tell somebody about it just so I can, one, kind of get it out of my brain, but then also, two, just, like, pass it on so that now I'm – compelled to like look up this rap uh classical booty <laughs> or chicken and dickin because that was the one that you that you recommended uh chicken and dickin's good uh three balls is really good <laughs> um you know what is it not velvet underground that's not the right the guys that do the humpty dance oh yeah 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 yeah. i, I can't think of the name digital underground it's digital underground right i think i think so i don't know whatever but um, really, like uh, that three balls. It's a lot like a digital underground song. <laughs> Full black balls. It's weird. It's I don't know. <laughs> I'm really yeah, into yeah, it. Yeah. I know I shouldn't be, but no, I'm no, really so, into it. Yeah, that was digital underground. And okay, cool, cool. That's okay. Well, well, I heard for the first time ever. I heard like one of the dirtiest Christmas songs that I ever came across. Kind of threw this out to the Twitterverse, and nobody like bit on the line and that's and that's okay honestly probably but it's called um santa claus got stuck in my chimney okay by and, and the one that i heard at least was sung by ella fitzgerald and yeah and, and the chorus goes like santa claus got stuck in my chimney stuck in my chimney stuck in my chimney santa claus got stuck in my chimney uh and and, and what is it and it's like uh when he came here last year or something like that Mm -hmm. and yeah like for the first minute or so you're like okay all right all right maybe this is something kind of but no but then it very quickly becomes like oh yes in the 1940s this was super raunchy (laughs) (laughs) this was a raunchy song (laughs) this was 1940s wap yeah no exactly exactly was uh and then, yeah, like how the song ends, I guess, spoilers, is uh, uh, that, the, that the, the narrator of the song got a, got a nice new chimney so Santa Claus can try fitting in it again this year. And it's, it's bad. It's bad. It's, 
Wow. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> I'm like, Ella Fitzgerald, I don't know if I can listen to your voice the same again. But So, yeah, that was my, I don't know, chicken and dicken, and Santa Claus got stuck in my chimney. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, there, there it is. There it is. That was... Um, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, everyone. And to all, a good episode of the Two Wizards podcast, which this is where we are. This is what we're doing. Uh, it's great to have everybody joining us once again in this very festive time. Uh, and I am Josh, and I am a wizard. And I am Mark, and I am a wizard. And yes, happy holidays, Merry Christmas. I think Hanukkah's over, but happy belated mm-hmm. last day of Hanukkah. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and uh, just uh, you know, we're just uh, rolling along in the. In the season here, I actually have a couple of updates. Um, okay. Sort of along those lines, I was inspired by our loose robes last week, and then I saw on your Twitter that you got your Christmas tree, mm-hmm. and said said to myself, "Dang it, Josh, you have your little like three foot tall artificial one because you were living in a really small rental, but that was four years ago. You got to, you know, get it together, man." And you're not living in that place anymore. You're living in a much bigger house. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the Mrs. Wizard and I, we had to go pick up a couple other things. But we got us a six-foot Douglas fir that oh, is yeah. in our living room right now. We haven't, we haven't started really decorating with it yet. I thought we had a bunch more um, Christmas lights that would be mm-hmm. appropriate for a tree. But apparently not. Or maybe they all, like, uh, burnt out or something. But... Um, Oh shit! But uh, but yeah, so I'm excited that getting that piney smell in the house and the cats love it. All of them have been checking it out and smelling it and like, <laughs> what is this thing? Uh, so yeah, it's it's pretty marvelous. Right on, happy happy uh, Christmas tree, buddy. Yeah, thanks. Well, because that was the other thing too, right? Like, uh, there, there's also that sort of fine line of buying it too soon and then it like really dries out and dies. Oh yeah, buying it too late. But I think you know, I think we hit the sweet spot here. About what, like two two weeks out, two weeks out from Christmas. Yeah, yeah, you so. ought to be able to keep it till at least. Uh, I'd say New Year's, but oh yeah, it was, and that was also it too. Yeah, we were definitely a keep the tree up until New Year's or maybe right before the New Year's Eve party. Um, but uh, so yeah, we were not like a all right, kids. It's December twenty sixth. Time to take all this shit down. Like <laughs> no, we we'd keep it up and we enjoy it. So. But you just put it up on the 23rd. Yep, just the way I like it. Up and down, <laughs> in and out, one way, do it in one take, nice and clean. There we go. Dad's a Grinch. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, well, and I guess we're also continuing with our uh, kind of holiday theme drinks. We're not quite doing like the 12 drinks of Christmas exactly, but we're, yeah. we're, we're still being festive. We had the kind of holiday beers with us last time, and this time we have with us. Um, we're doing cocktails, right? That yeah. was our mm-hmm. writing prompt: do cocktails and make mm-hmm. it squirrely. Yeah, find something that is seasonal, and uh, and I I was doing some internet research because I also wanted to do something new. I was like, okay, you already made the tailor last year, and. Uh, it took forever for you to like get rid of that creme de menthe. So let's let's find something <laughs> that you can make with ingredients that you'll actually uh, drink drink later. So I, I have a new cocktail that I'm excited to try. Um, how about okay. you, buddy? 
Um, yeah, it's a new... Uh, yeah, I, you know what? I think we can safely say I've pioneered something new here tonight. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, well, tell yeah. us about it. Yeah, sure. So, uh, last year my boss gave me a bottle of Crown Royal Black. Ooh. And um, I had a little bit of it left over, and I thought, well, hell, why not make myself a hot toddy? I've got kind of a sore throat, and, mm. you know, some tea and honey might do good, so I'm doing uh, ginger peach tea with honey, and then... Um, the Crown Royal Black, and I'm calling it a Hot Freddy in honor of my boss. Hey, I I really like that. That's sweet. That's super cool. A yeah, hot and then on deck, you might mm-hmm. remember my uh, podcast Rocket Fuel, Josh, <laughs> which was uh, Vizzy's and Vodka. Well, baby, I'm kicking it up a notch tonight. And I don't know if it's quite a cocktail or indicative of a bigger problem, but <laughs> I have got um, a couple hard seltzers. I have truly pomegranate ginger fizz mm. and... Uh, Truly holiday sangria style with Whoa. vodka in them both. Well, they will have vodka when yeah. I get into them. Yeah. No, I think that absolutely counts. That that totally counts as a holiday cocktail. Sure. Sure. Right sure. On. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Right on. Well, and yeah, I was I was really torn. Uh, there was like three or four ones that I, I kind of wanted to try, but then that would mean spending like two hundred bucks worth of like. Oh God. Like, well, yeah, yeah. like if I'm going to prepare three or four different cocktails and it's like, oh, here's one like aromatic that is only for this thing and it's like 17 bucks for a four ounce bottle. I'm not going to do that. So instead, I found one that seemed reasonable and like I said, in- contained ingredients that uh, I'd also drink besides this. Uh, but this is called Jingle Juice. <laughs> jingle Juice, okay. And it's basically... Um, Cranberry and pomegranate juice, uh, and gin. Oh, and, that's not bad. Okay. Yeah, and, and then there's some little like there's a little bit of lime juice. There's a little uh, orange liqueur. Which again, I can huh. do all that stuff. Uh, and okay. While this is sort of like a punch, it's supposed to be like a holiday punch. So you like you're supposed to like buy bottles and bottles, do the whole thing, pour it in a big punch bowl. Um, mm-hmm. But I like try to scale it down because it's just me drinking these and, and the Mrs. Wizard. She always likes to kind of make one too. Um, yeah. The one thing where I did kind of like deviate a bit is um, it asked for in this punch bowl for a little fizz. It wanted a full bottle of Prosecco. Um, mm. And actually they do kind of sell like the mini ones here. And I thought about it. But then I also realized, uh, wait, I still have uh, Mountain Dew left over from... Oh, uh, <laughs> from our uh, the Dunwich Horror. <laughs> so Mountain Dew is the poor man's prosecco. That's what I've always heard. So yeah, I, I, yeah, have, I reckon so. Yeah, I have a. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I have a, a jingle juice, which uh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah, here we go, buddy. Well, uh, here's oh. Anya. Yeah, cheers, buddy. Ooh. All right, hot Freddy, okay, not yeah. bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's um. I could definitely see where Prosecco would maybe add a little extra fizziness instead of uh, flat, two-week-old <laughs> or three-week-old, I guess, Mountain Dew. But still, it's that's okay. That's good drinking. That's good drinking. Waste not, man. I'm, I'm proud of you. Right. Well, it, because that's the other thing, too. I'm almost like really doing the opposite or, or, or like or like overcorrecting. Like, okay, I have all this, yeah, uh, creme de menthe that's just sitting around. What's something else that I can, you know, yeah, recycle, yeah. reduce, reuse, all that stuff. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, well, yeah, Mark. I think we did the the 
Thanksgiving holiday, and then after that, it w- w- and you were really uh, busy with work, and I was traveling all over the place. So we did. I'm fessing up to it. We needed two consecutive loose robes just to mm-hmm. let it all air out. Um, uh, but listeners, boy, are you in for a treat, because Mark has taken the helm. He's picked up the reins, and he's saying, dash away, dash away, dash away all. Um, he's gone completely insane. Completely insane, and and I guess that makes me like the elf that accidentally crept into the toy bag, or or like the orphan. Uh, if we're doing like uh, Buddy the Elf, I'm the orphan who snuck into the toy bag. So I'm along for the ride. I kind of know where we're going. I kind of know what we're talking about. But honestly, I th- that's about it. Uh, the, the only thing I know is the title, or kind of what the title is. I think. I don't even know. I don't even have a title for this. Like my okay. entire all the whole time I've been like writing my stuff and researching stuff and I I think the title of this episode is going to be Can You See the Lights? Part Ooh. 1 because number Ooh. 1 listeners this is going to be a two-parter. Uh get that out of the way already. Mm-hmm. But number 2, we're going to talk about it's it's a weirdly Christmassy idea. We're going to talk about like just weird lights. I know that's a weird cop-out. I know that's a weird statement, but this is a huge deal. It's a bunch of stuff, and we're mm-hmm. going to talk about it. And there's ghost lights, and there's spook lights, and there's will-o'-the-wisps, and there might be, like, some ghost demon dudes who have haunted lanterns that will steal your soul if you look at them. But yeah. then there's a lot of shit up in the sky that we don't know about, and it's going to get weird tonight, and I just, I hope we're all excited. And it's vaguely Christmassy because the, uh, the, the phrase, uh, it blinked like Christmas lights comes up a lot. <laughs> well, and also, like, uh, yeah, just th- there are Christmas lights. There was the Christmas star. That was a weird light that nobody quite had an explanation for. Um, I just, I just, when I was out getting the, the our, our Christmas tree, I picked up some icicle lights and uh, put them up. So, yeah, it's absolutely kind of within the season and, and, and the times and all that. Hell, yeah. Yeah, like you drive around your neighborhood, you look at your neighbor's lights, and they're real pretty, but then you see one up in the sky, and, oh, it's just a plane, but then it comes rushing into your car and blows through it in a single bound and doesn't do anything but burn the dog's hair in the back seat, and, mm, it's weird, Josh, it's real weird. <laughs> yeah, right, well, and, and, yeah. and even all the way back last year to the uh, Christmas UFO story like that, yeah. that was weird flashing lights that, uh, yeah, they thought, oh, that's just Jesus, baby, like, well, I don't know, maybe it's something else, but yeah, okay, yes, great, I'm, it's I'm excited. Jesus, babe. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite line of the podcast, yeah. that's just yeah. Jesus, baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. won't hurt you. Then it gave him cancer. They gave him cancer, and some army dude was bragging about it, and had the top brass, and like fifty helicopters fly in on him. But um, oh, okay. So so yeah. So uh, or even like that other great Christmas song that we talked about. Do you see what I see? Mm-hmm. We can we we can. That'll be like the subtitle for this for this episode. But yeah, no, that's. <laughs> Actually, that's uh, real. That's kind of appropriate. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, because a lot of, my... of these are also predicated on, do you see that over there? <laughs> yeah, I, I see that over there. Oh shit. Oh shit. Okay. All right. So enough of my kind of rambling preamble. <laughs> uh, no, you're good, buddy. Mark, where where would you like <clears throat> us to start? Set set the scene for us. Walk us in. Oh, what are we looking? First at? place we're going to start is I'm going to rattle off my immense list of sources because oh, I kind of like giving my sources. You know, yeah. it's, it's important mm-hmm. to do. Absolutely. All right, first one. Can't read it. I'll give it when I go to the website because it's a website. Second one is romanticashville.com. 
Um, and then on to books, I didn't really use a lot of websites, some Wikipedia for reference, but a lot of the stuff I sort of weirdly had on hand, so that's cool. Oh, wow. Um, Wonders in the Sky by Jacques Vallée. It is an unexplained aerial objects from antiquity to modern times. It is fantastic. Cool. Uh, the Real Cowboys vs. Aliens by John LeMay. That's right. Mark on yep. your bingo cards, kid. John LeMay is back. <laughs> Once again. Um... Oddities in Print by Adam Benedict. It's Adam Benedict's new book. You might remember him from such other podcasts as Giant Snakes and the Lumberjack one. And I love Adam Benedict and everything he does. And he put out a new book, and it's really, really good. And it's really, really huge. Sweet. Um, Yeah. And then we have, if I can pull it up on my Kindle here, we have Strange Company, uh, Military Encounters with UFOs in World War II by Keith Chester. And finally... UFOs Before Roswell by Graham Rendell. Mm. Yeah, so Very maybe cool. there's going to be some talk of UFO tonight. Wink, wink, wink. So as a preface to all of this, we're just talking about weird shit in the sky that's lights. There's probably no UFOs in this episode, guys. Maybe not until the end. But for right now, we're going to talk about the one thing that they're definitely not. And just talk about comets really quick, because I went down a cool comedy rabbit hole. Okay, right. And even um, my first subtext is, look up in the sky, comets! <laughs> um, so we've been seeing them for forever. Josh, what's, what's, what's a comet? What's your best approximation of one? So, so my best approximation for a comet is it's a, it's a large uh, object, a large sphere or spheroid or oblong thing, um... Up in up in uh, interstellar space, interplanetary space, uh, it's composed primarily of ice. Maybe a couple minerals or dust or something like that, but but mostly ice. Uh, and a lot of these are way in the far, like uh, trans-Neptune on the other side of Neptune, uh, in this region called the Kuiper Belt, named after some Dutch guy who found it. Um, <laughs> and yeah. And, and it's this like big kind of yeah like shell of like crap that was flown out and ejected into those outer regions as the solar system was forming a lot of it water ice and these very large um, elliptical orbits will often bring these comets closer into like the inner solar system and as the comets get closer to the sun they heat up and they start to uh, yeah kind of like uh, not even melt, but sublimate. That's when it goes directly from a solid into a into a gas. And so, as they get near the sun, they have these like streaming tails of like yeah, like water vapor or ice crystals or something like that. Uh, and they're yeah. super neat and super pretty. Yeah, they, yeah, they are. They're really cool to see. They're fun to watch. I, I'm into them. They're neat. But like we've always been into them. Not mm -hmm. really, but kind of, sort of. But. Really, the first thing that we as humans did really well was start tracking the stars. We made calendars, we started keeping time, and we realized that like everything up in the sky had sort of a predictable pattern, mm -hmm. except for one thing, and that was comets. Mm. And so we kind of like became afraid of them and started seeing them as these weird like omens of doom and death. So like in Switzerland, people blamed comets for earthquakes and red rainfall. And then um, also for, like, when you had an animal that was born and looked all weird. Well, hey, that was the comet's fault. <laughs> yeah, as you do. As yep, you like do. you do. Um, so the Epic of Gilgamesh described uh, falling fire and brimstone, and then a flood followed it, which I think is really cool. That is pretty cool. 
This was like the great flood that like carried Gilgamesh away and all the good stuff. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Mongolians called them the daughters of the devil. I think that's just a fun little thing that like the yeah. devil is a real thing and he's got kids and that's right. Comets are girls. <laughs> <They're> comets. <laughs> that's awesome. That's super cool. Julius Caesar was assassinated, and the same day there was said to be a comet up flying in the sky above Rome. But also, before his battle with Pompey, there was a comet in the sky. That's right. That's right. As I went into this, Julius Caesar, and okay, I almost think like let's take a segue here and mm -hmm. play. I think Julius Caesar might be full of shit. <laughs> okay. Because a little bit later on, we're going to talk about light phenomena like Elmo's fire and stuff, and that shit is everywhere around Julius Caesar. He talks about it all the time. Mm. It's just, it's a weird thing. And I wonder if he's like, I saw a comet one time and it was cool when I got in the fight with Pompey. And now I'm going to say that I saw it all the time and no one can say shit about it because I'm Caesar. Um, I mean, that seems like a fair, yeah, kind of um, for conclusion to draw. Yeah, maybe, maybe he just really was totally full of it. <laughs> <laughs> Might be, I don't know. Yeah. Haley's Com like in modern times, Haley's Comet is said to be a carrier of Black Death. And when I say modern times, I mean like the twelves modern. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. you know, far away from the Roman times. It was mm -hmm. said to carry um Black Death. Right. That's what caused the Black Death, Josh. Not fleas, not not plague fleas and marmot plague and all that good stuff. No, no. It was a comet. It was a comet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um also I want to read the Bible real quick, because I think this is dope as hell, because there's a comet in the Bible. Do you know that? I I am not surprised, but but yes, I, I but but I also don't know what's what specifically you're going to read, so I'm also I'm also uh, fascinated. I'm gonna read from the most rock and roll black metal book in the entire Bible. That's right, the book of Revelation. Oh nice. This comes from the King James Version. This is verse eight. And when he had opened the seventh seal there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it to the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. So it's, it's, it's levitating. Mm -hmm. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it to earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an and, and earthquake. And the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. The first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood, and they were cast upon the earth. And the third part of the trees was burnt up, and all green grass was burnt up. And the second angel sounded, and there was a great mountain burning fire, or mountain burning with fire, cast into the sea, and a third of the part of the sea became blood. And a third of the creatures in the sea that had life died, and the third part of the ships were destroyed. And the third angel sounded, and there fell the great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp, and it fell upon a third of the rivers and upon the fountains of the water. And the name of that star is called Wormwood, and, the third, and a third of the part of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Dun, okay. Dun, no. dun, dun, dun. Yeah, that's totally ringing some bells now. So, Well, and I think it is. I think just uh, in, in this biblical story and in countless other things um uh countless other traditions and stories yeah like comets or weird flashing lights in the sky yeah they mean something something weird is, is happening or is about to happen or um yeah, yeah. well and, and even like just like fictional right 
in uh, the Game of Thrones series, the 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 Song of Ice and Fire, right? That that was one of the whole things. It's like there's a big there's the big red comet that's flying through the night sky, and that means that magic's alive again, and there be dragons and whatever else. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we were afraid of them, but then on the other side of the world, the Chinese were fascinated by them because the Chinese are smarter than we are. Yeah. Uh, the Han Dynasty, which ran from 206 BCE to 220 AD, which that's a pretty solid yeah. time to be around. I, I'm in, I am impressed by that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. They charted the hell out of comets, and they learned that some comets could be predictable, like Halley's Comet. So right. even back then, and you know, 200 and... Whatever, we'll call it zero. We'll just say zero at the yeah. very middle mark of it. They were looking up and going, this thing is going to come back. When? I, I don't know, but it's going to come back. It's been yeah. here before we've seen it, and then well, whatever yes. it is, 76 years down the line, there it is again. Yeah, if you're if, if you're doing well enough that your uh, civilization uh, goes for that long, uh, that, yeah, you can be like, hey, wait a sec, I remember that thing. My, my grandpappy told me about that, and uh, mm-hmm. it has the same weirdish tint to it, so it must be the same. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fun stuff. Super and fun stuff. I remember when I was a kid, uh, 1995 was uh, Comet Hail Bop. Yeah. Haley Bop. And like, I remember being, uh, what would that make me? Fizz 95, maybe eight? Um, yeah. And like, people getting uh, super excited about that. And we had like a whole unit on it. And. Uh, what would that be? Third grade, something like that. And then, of course, there was the uh, kind of suicide <laughs> cult. Gate. That yeah, that 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 wasn't as cool. But no, but still, <laughs> even then, it, like even as recently as 1995, uh, yeah, people get fascinated and admittedly also take things way too far uh, with comets. But but still, yeah. I might have found them in other religions, but I found a lot of Christian sites, primarily mm. creationist sites, saying that comments were number one a sign that god is coming back don't worry about it but also that the oort cloud implies that god got bored and didn't know what to do with that stuff <laughs> so it's not real oh leave it leave it to the creationists just man mark it on your two wizards bingo card <laughs> oh god oh okay but like well, i I'll... said Oh, sorry. Well, just because I had to pull this up real quick, talking about uh, yeah. comet comet Hellbop. So yeah, it's it's last uh, perihelion, which is the when, when it's closest to the sun. Um, that was yeah, that was April first, nineteen ninety seven. So like, it's like even a couple years after it was first discovered. Uh, the previous perihelion, the 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 previous time is closest to the sun, was. 2215 BC. Whoa. The next time it's going to reach the closest point, uh, the perihelion is uh, predicted to be 4385 plus or minus two years. That's so crazy. Oh, at that point. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. What's the like margin of error there? Like comparatively, but, um, but yeah, that is, that just kind of blew my mind a bit. Like I knew it was a big deal, but like that totally just blew my mind. <laughs> it's crazy. That's wild. That's wild. okay. Okay. Spaceships anyway, I, we, yeah. Sorry, I, I can get hung up on that. Like every time this guy comes around, he's just like, I wonder what they've done this time. Oh, they're yeah. all gone. Well, and truly, right? Like, so yeah. One of the things that I would 
try to like stress uh, on my like students in this theater history course is like so yeah like we say like oh yeah the ancient greeks so, yeah like 500 bc that was so long ago but okay uh egypt was yeah going back to like 2000 bce and yeah like human civilization goes back to like 10,000 BCE, as we've talked about, we've talked about this many, many times. And so, yeah, this comet has. It, it's, it has. It's just like every, what, like 2,100 years, 2,500 years, something like that. Uh, just kind of keeps popping its head in. Be like, oh, those those silly apes. <laughs> what are they getting into now? <laughs> Look at them learning how to bake bread. <laughs> well, you said because 2,000, yeah, so like pyramids are up by that point. Mm-hmm, yeah. So it could, like, and I mean, whatever, it's not going to see it, whatever, but like, it could have seen that, mm-hmm. but then by, but that's all it's going to know. Just be like, oh, look, there's some really cool rocks over there. That's about it. Right. Oh, hey, those cool rocks are still there. Wow. There's a lot more shit on that planet. Nothing on it. A lot more shit. That's cool. Like, right. And, and, uh, yeah. And seeing like, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm calling us by year 3000. Like if we're still alive by then, that's impressive. Right. No, it will. Yeah. And, and especially at, uh. Yeah, some of the ways that we're going about things now. It, it is. It's either going to turn out, like, super awesome, and we do have, like, the kind of Star Trek, no, you just, yeah, sign up for Starfleet and go check out weird planets and stuff. Um, or it's going to be, we're back to, yeah, like, hitting rocks against each other. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, 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 okay, but enough of, like, here on the terrestrial, you know, matters, matters on Earth. Um other other thoughts on comets other other comment comments comet comet comments <laughs> um yeah a couple more comments on comets sure. uh just a uh, j- couple fun little things little snippets out of wonders in the sky because i thought they were cool as shit um if i can find my damn pages josh i mark <laughs> the tabbies i make the notes in my thing and you think i could just have it pulled yeah. up <laughs> all right <clears throat> so i just want to talk really quick about comets doing dumb shit as we saw comets, this is like our soft segue into maybe these were comets, but they might be something else. Okay. And from here on in, it's just going to get real dumb. So this first account comes from uh, February the 8th, 1672 in Cherbourg, France. Okay. Captain Isaac Witton reports that a star came down. It split into two quote-unquote ships, while, the third, uh, while the, a third one appeared later. The original reads, so this is his accounting, an hour past midday, by the calmest weather in the world, appeared to us a star above our heads, about 15 feet long. From there it went and fell into the north, leaving some smoke that formed into two ships, each with two lights and the mizzen and the large sails folded, both sailing into the south. The one in the north side was larger than the southernmost one, and as they sailed thus, they were separated by about four feet. Another ship formed in the middle, seemingly bigger than the others, all black, turning up its bow to the north without any sails, yet equipped with its masts and ropes as if resting at anchor. This seemed to take over half an hour, after which they vanished to the south without leaving any trace. Hmm. Weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like that he's reporting them as ships because that's how he's equating whatever the hell he's seeing yeah. as... I guess I lied when I said that there's no UFOs. This is ufo as shit, and that these mm-hmm. are unidentified flying objects. But... Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, and and it does it does just seem to be uh, a particularly 
apt way to describe them or think about them, right? Like the whole, and again, uh, also check this bingo uh, card for Josh talking about etymology of Greek words. Um, yeah, like like uh, uh, planet means wanderer. Uh, like it's something that like wanders around. And yeah, there's all sorts of things about like, oh yeah, this thing like sailed across the sky or whatever. So that makes total sense to describe it like a ship that's like breaking off into two like... Here's the little dinghy yeah. going off this way. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then um, this other one, I'm, like I say, these are just kind of fun. This one comes from August 12th, 1825, near Hawaii. English naturalist Andrew Bloxham and others saw a large red luminous object rise, illuminating everything. It fell out of sight and rose again. About half past three o'clock this morning, the middle watch on deck was astonished to find everything around them suddenly illuminated. Turning their eyes eastward, they beheld a large, round, luminous body rising up to about seven degrees, apparently from the water to the clouds, and falling again out of sight, and the second time rising and falling. It was the color of a red-hot cannon, and appeared to be about the size of the sun. It gave off so great a light that a pin might be picked up on the deck. That's, oh man. That's kind of weird. That's super. Something. Something's mm-hmm. coming just like up and down in the water. We don't know what it is. But, so when so he wild. says as big as the sun, I got to assume he's like sun relative to your like thumbnail or something, you know, like, yeah, you hold your finger up and there's the sun. So, right. But yeah. Even then, if that's the case, that makes it even weirder because mm-hmm. how big is the damn sun? And it's above your head, lighting up your ship deck at three in the damn morning. Yeah, that's what. So uh, what what year was this one again? 18 uh, August 1825. Oh, 18 point. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. That is that is super cool. That is super cool. Yeah. And yeah, so like, we're moving on from comments. We're moving on from ooky spooky shit into weird little fun case studies. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and before we move into that, I have prepared my rocket fuel here. Oh, boy. I'm so excited. Well, because... Well, and, and even I, I believe I mentioned this in one of our... Uh, Christmas episodes last year. The other sort of like mark of the uh, holiday for me is I transition from my regular Folgers coffee in the morning is I'll get some like holiday flavored whatever coffee from whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter as long as it's like nutmeggy or spicy or uh, oh, something. So, so I, I just started that this morning and it was. It was like, oh boy, here we go. Here's my like. What'd you get? Uh, it was so our like uh, super one of the supermarket chains here uh, in the Midwest is called Giant Eagle, and mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, it was just their Giant Eagle brand. The Mrs. Wizard uh, was doing her shopping. I was like, oh yeah, I found this stuff because there were some Starbucks things, but I thought I remembered you saying you don't like Starbucks stuff, Josh, and I'm like, goddamn right, I don't. <laughs> Damn. Uh, and yeah, this is like. Um, like it doesn't say it doesn't necessarily say what it's in it, but I'm calling it my like figgy pudding coffee because <laughs> I've never had figgy pudding, but I imagine this is what figgy pudding tastes like just in a cup of coffee. <laughs> okay. Right on. Yeah. So so um, which which flavor of uh, Vizzy is this? This is pomegranate ginger fizz with Tito's vodka. Woo! And all right, here we go. Here here we go. Oh. Oh man, it's a rough flavor. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, remember Trix fruit snacks? Tastes like Trix fruit snacks. 
But it was those weird, like, matte ones. Not the pretty see-through ones. It was, like, the weird matte gray and mm-hmm. white ones. Oh, yeah. boy. All right. <laughs> oh, man, I made a mistake. No, we'll, we can, we'll, we'll, we'll get you through there. We get we'll get us there. through this. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so my first little weird mini case study of Josh, what the hell is that? Look up in the sky is a little thing called the Marfa lights. Have you ever heard of the Marfa lights? Oh, that sounds super familiar. The Marfa lights. All right, tell me more. Tell me more. It, so it's a series of lights that we see in Marfa, Texas. And they run along a highway, and it's a super famous thing. It's so famous, it was in an episode of King of the Hill. Maybe that's, yeah, maybe that's yeah. why I was thinking of it. But, um, or, or, but yeah, also if it's kind of famous, maybe it was in some other, some other kind of uh, usage or something that I saw it. But, and, and it runs alongside, like parallel to, to, to a highway? Uh, yeah, where this highway is now, it's kind of in that general. Re- people, like, stop, and you can pull off and look at it. Mm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, we're going to go to uh, the Real Cowboys and Aliens UFO Encounters of the Old West by mm-hmm. John LeMay and Noe Torres. No Torres? I don't know. N-O-E. I don't know what you call that. Oh, yeah. Uh, is- Noe? But yeah, N-O-E. Noe? I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the first recorded sighting was of the Marfa Lights, and uh, John LeMay tells us that a cowboy named Robert Reed Ellison and several other men have been herding cattle through the area around Marfa, Texas. On their second night in the area, they camped at a place called Paisano Pass. Hmm. Suddenly, Ellison saw flickering lights in the distance and thought they were cam- and thought that they were campfires lit by Apache Indians. The men searched the desert looking for mysterious lights, searching around the base of Chinati Mountain and in the mesa between their camp where the lights had been. They saw no evidence that Indians had been anywhere in the area. They found no tracks, no doused campfires, no other clues. Ellison was extremely puzzled and began to think the lights were something very unusual. For the next two nights, Ellison and his men again saw the strange lights, though they were never able to solve the mystery. Later, Ellison talked to local residents about what he had seen, and they were, and he was told that many people had seen the lights frequently. According to local lore, there is a legend that say the lights are the ghost of a notorious Native American chief named Allsight, who lived in the mid-1800s. Allsight grew up in Mexico across the Rio Grande River, he was of the Mescalero Apaches and became a powerful and greatly feared warrior chief, greatly feared war chief of the tribe. So, and that's that's just the first account. And there's tons of sightings. I watched YouTube videos, Josh, from two from like November of 2021. Oh shoot! Or, or yeah, like yeah, just like they're last still month. seeing them. Like Dang. you and I can go see it. And this leads me to my point: for our first ever two wizards field trip, <gasps> we're gonna go. So you and I can either hang out on Highway 76 between Presidio, Presidio and Marfa. We can do that. Mm-hmm. Or or we can go to the Marfa Lights Viewing Center. I mean, I I I think we just about have to. I think we just about have think to. Think we have to. And if we were to go there, mm-hmm. we would expect to see the following. It'd be about a basketball-sized ball of light that's either bright yellow or red or white or any other color. And these orbs can merge and twinkle and separate and rise and fall and dart around really erratically. And sometimes they come together and sometimes they split apart. And really that just kind of makes me think of that first account about the ship that, you know, split into two and then came together again. True. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. Mm Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm, I mean, I am, let me see here, uh, plugging it in right now from uh, Columbus, Ohio to Marfa, Texas, 
It's a it's a it's a twenty two hour drive. Or I could patter, buddy. Yeah, or I could fly into El Paso because uh, that's that's also fairly <laughs> fairly close. Yeah, we can do this. We can make this happen. Um, We're listeners, gonna drive up eighty six. Yeah. Uh, so listeners, look for our GoFundUs. <laughs> <laughs> get us to marfa texas and that's right after over a year of talking nothing but shit about texas send mark and josh to texas although like some of our downloads have been pretty solid there in the lone star i know a lot State, of them do so. it i kind of feel like i'm being mean and i think well, maybe me starting with the marfa lights was my way of apologizing <laughs> to texas. but i would also imagine that the that the good people of texas have our they they know when we're kind of gently ribbing or maybe not so gently ribbing and saying like yeah you guys but but still hey marfa texas the land of the marfa lights <laughs> i also just and i don't know if you were planning on getting to this too um but listeners there in the san luis valley and we've 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 mentioned in previous episodes the san luis valley is actually known for like weird stuff there's a whole book or a couple books written on the mysterious valley um and lest you think we're like looking down on the marfa lights viewing area uh there in the san luis valley we have like the alien ufo watchtower which is like how would you describe it mark how, how would you describe the ufo watchtower it is an island of metal and camper trailers in an oasis of dust and chic <laughs> And the, like, tower itself is, what, maybe, like, eight feet? Maybe ten feet tall. Yeah. Maybe, like, what What would you say, a 20-square-foot platform? Yeah. Um, you can camp there. Chain-link fence. There's a lot of weird cl- uh, classical gray aliens floating yes. around, like mm-hmm. the woodcuts and the paintings and all the fun shit. Yeah. yeah you so, can camp there for some fee a night, but... Yeah. And so, 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 so we aren't, we aren't, we, we aren't, uh, uh, thumbing our noses at the Marfa lights viewing area. We, we know all too well what, uh, what that kind of looks like. So no, that's okay. <laughs> well, and some explanations of this are, they're kind of lazy and it's kind of fun. Cause we don't really know the dominant theory is that it's something called a Fata Morgana illusion. And it's where cold air gets trapped beneath a sandwich of warm air and it projects the image of whatever's around it. It's weird. I don't really know how it works. Okay. But it's where you get the image of ghost ships. Right. Yeah. Or like, like... It like weirdly projects an image. But for that to work, mm-hmm. what is this thing projecting? Like, there's not weird moving lights anywhere else in the area. Yeah. Or like... Um, well, I, I also just know that sometimes like... Yeah, like if there's like weird like heat pockets, they, they those can sometimes like re- reflect stuff. But then to your point, mm-hmm. like what is it... If that is true, then what is it projecting? What's the other light source that... Which like that makes me think of the highway, if it's something off the highway, but... Well, so that's one of the big ones is it's the highway, but it can't be because of the like... Just the way that these lights move. Like yeah, right. some of them I can definitely see in watching all the YouTube shit like... Yeah, I could definitely see how you would think that's a car light until that car light splits in two and, like, one shoots left and one shoots, like, 45 right. degrees to the other side. Like, Precisely. it's weird. They move in three-dimensional space. They just kind of do their own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, I'm, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll never look down at, uh, I'll, I'll never turn down a crowd, a crowdsource-funded trip anywhere. <laughs> so, listeners, if you want this to happen, look for, look for that webpage. And it's 
totally legit. <laughs> totally legit. So I wasn't going to go into it, but I'm curious. Have you, I have heard uh, weird stories down here that there is a ghost light that occurs between Manassas Mountain and the mm. mountain that sits across the highway from it. Have you I, ever heard of that? I think I have heard of it. Like just in addition to other sort of like strange light light sightings in the San Luis Valley. I think I've heard of that one specifically. Um, yeah, from some old timer probably. Uh, yeah. But then, but then also, like, so we are just, um, yeah, sort of south of, like, Colorado Springs and the Air Force Academy and, like, right when the uh, Afghanistan War and the Iraq War started up in the early 2000s, we would have all sorts of aircraft come in to do, like, training exercises because, you know, we're a mile and a half above sea level and... Uh, mm-hmm. Super desolate and dry and deserty. So hey, that that's a good place to replicate what's like being in Afghanistan or whatever. Um, Makes you feel good. Yeah. Well, and, and and so and so yeah. Like I think a lot of sightings of weird lights or UFOs. Like you you can chalk it up. Like okay, yeah, sure, probably some. N- not even necessarily like experimental or top secret aircraft. Maybe it's just like a I don't know a bomber doing some practice like night yeah. night raids or something. Uh, but then yes, but the like Manassa Mountain Lights, I, I I've heard about those too. That they're something different. It's like no, it's not like something making a like clear track in the sky, um, like a plane would. Like it's it's something yeah. that yeah just kind of bounces around and does its own thing. <laughs> I yeah, it's they're weird. Yeah, I was gonna say I've had a uh, valley light experience. I've had two. Oh no way, really. Yeah, they were both my freshman year of college. Um, one of them was our first, like, my first ever big trip to the sand dunes. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. in December. You remember this one? And it was um, someone's birthday, and we drove out there at, like, midnight. And I had a couple people in the Mirthmobile, and we were being followed by some people. And remember, and I don't, and so as I'm driving, I thought that these people were, like, I thought the car behind me was flashing their lights at me. Because everything kept lighting up real, real, real bright. It's like, fucking hey, how far are they? Or how close are they? Get off my ass. Yeah. We pull into the sand dunes park, and the car that was behind me was like five minutes later than when I got there. And mind you, this is midnight. The valley gets super dark. There's no light You're pollution. Right. Mm-hmm. And exactly. after a time, guys, everything shuts down, like, especially yeah. 16 miles out of any town. Like, there's nothing out there. Right, yeah. It's not like this was a... Yeah, some general store light flickering. Like, no, it's... it's 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 great for looking at the night sky and uh, precisely yep. because there's no there's not much artificial lights. But um, actually, yeah, yeah, I think I, I, hmm. I don't think I was on that trip to the sand dunes, but I remember you like finding me one of the yeah, next it, days. It messed me like, up. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we get to the we get to the park and we're kind of talking. I was like, hey, why were you flashing your lights at me to the girl who's driving the car behind us? She goes, I wasn't. And she was like, but why were you? And she said, but you guys are sticking a flashlight out your back. And I was like, no, I wasn't. So the car behind us saw a weird light trailing us, and I saw a weird light following me, and something weird. And then a couple months later, I was up at Zapata Falls with uh, Casey Staymates and Chelsea Rosetto. Oh, yeah. And it was like two in the fucking morning. I don't know why we're at. I think it was one of those like insomnia drives. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you do when you're in college. Right. But we drove up and parked at Zapata, and we were just kind of chilling out up there. And I shut everything off, and I'm... I want to say this was March or April. It was in spring because you could still get up there. There was no snow. Right. But 
as we're sitting there, like, we just see these weird blue lights in the pine trees. And listeners, we don't have fireflies in the valley. Right, no, no fireflies, nothing like that. These were pretty, like, they weren't blindingly bright, but you could see, like, a, a, a real clear blue light just blinking in the trees, just bouncing all around. Dang. We watched it for, I want to say, an hour and a half, and then we decided to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I had a couple growing up there. Um, like, and, and again, most of the time I'd say, like, oh, it was probably just like a plane or something. But the one that was really weird was, um, when I was in high school playing basketball, like, our, 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 our school, like, our school was big enough that we were in a different division than the other teams in the Valley. And so we would play against all the Pueblo schools. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, uh, basketball season once a week, we drive up to Pueblo, uh, or maybe Canyon City sometimes, um, to play a basketball game, you, you play the game. Uh, it ends at what, like ten, nine thirty, ten, and then you have like yeah, a two hour, two and a half hour drive back to the valley. Mm-hmm. And you're still like kind of amped up, and you got some adrenaline still going from playing a game. And so, some some of my teammates were able to fall asleep. I also me being like six five, it's hard for me to like compact myself into a school bus. <laughs> sleep and on a fa- bus, right? Yeah, unless I could like stretch out um, across the aisle. Um, but yeah, uh, so anyway, like driving through La Vida Pass, just again, looking out the window, thinking about all the homework assignments I need to do, thinking about all the unrequited love or whatever. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my high school crushes that didn't, that didn't love me back, man, whatever. And, uh, looking at the bus window and think, and like looking at one kind of star in particular, not really thinking anything of it, and then kind of realizing, like, man, that's actually, like, pretty bright for a star. Or maybe it's a planet, maybe it's Venus or something. And it seemed like as soon as I had that thought, that sucker just, like, noped the fuck out of there. It just went zip blinked. and blinked. And, <laughs> like, I very clearly saw it, like, track northwest or whatever. Yeah. And so, like, it couldn't have been a shooting star because it was stationary. It was in that spot until I kind of noticed it and then it's and then it noped out um and it wasn't a plane for for similar so that was like the the weirdest one that i ever had like going through levita pass kind of looking out uh like daydreaming or i guess night well not night dreaming because i was definitely still awake um so yeah that was my that was my like what in the world was that kind of weird light was that that's crazy yeah yeah man it's lights are weird you can talk to anybody anybody's seen a weird light it's Mm kind of I don't know. It is. It, it does seem to be a well, and 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 you and from all sorts of different people too, right? Like people with perfect vision, people who wear glasses or contacts, uh, old older people, younger people. Uh, yeah, like like everybody seems to have that story, or like is one degree removed from a story about yeah, yeah from someone who's like, no, I saw some crazy light, some crazy light shit. That wasn't it, like an EDM. <laughs> <laughs> yes, children, you'd never believe it. I, I felt the air pulsing. It's like, Grandpa, that was just when you were at the rave. You've already told us that one. You were just raving. It was 1985. You were in London. No, I swear. <laughs> no, Grandpa, it was Darude Sandstorm. <laughs> I topped myself off with uh, some of my uh, jingle juice, which I which I was curious too. Like, 
uh, I think in the I think in the recipe they wanted you to do like uh, frozen cranberries and like pomegranates since that's the juice. But um, oh yeah, but I just I, I just kept it simple because uh, because this is the other so like of course I, I think what they're playing on is jungle juice right like they have to be playing yeah, on jungle juice. Be. And there was one time one of our parties, uh, yeah, good old Matt Adams made his like literally like a like a storage bin um like a 40 gallon storage bin full of jungle juice what you would store all your christmas decorations yeah in. right exactly what of you would store juice. your yeah yeah but but it was in there and so and so hey i you know i had enough beer i wanted to mix it up a little bit so i got got my cup and i got the ladle and i was getting a few things and it's not that he like jumped down my throat about this but he's like whoa whoa josh easy on the fruit there buddy cuz i'm going <laughs> to Turn that into like I don't know, like a boozy fruit salad later or something like that. And I was like, "Look, dude, masterful alcoholic." uh, Yeah, and I was like, "Look, dude, I have like two pieces of pineapple and like and like a little bit of watermelon. Like, I'm not just just lay off, just lay off." (laughs) And then there's something goes like, "Oh no, because those get extra boozy." And I'm just watching out for you, man. It's like, yeah, okay, okay, fine, okay, fine. So yeah, I, like going into jingle juice, I was expecting to be like, "Oh yeah, here's bits of like fruit cake or <laughs> oh. <laughs> something like that floating in it or <laughs> something offensive." Yeah, right. Something yeah, that you or maybe that's yeah. Maybe after your jingle juice, you any remaining cranberries and pomegranates, you take those and make them into a boozy fruit cake. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but it was so Make so it into a boozy prominent cranberry reduction sauce to go over your turkey there you Ooh, big goofball. There you go. Actually that would have to too. be good if it gets you wasted. Actually that wouldn't be bad. That would be that'd be super that'd be super legit number 1 and number 2 boozy cranberries. Boozy cranberries. Uh we also uh, did did our like like we didn't get we didn't do all of our shopping for Christmas dinner but we got our ham baby. We got our spiral ham. Woo. Uh nice. and 88 cents a pound. Crazy good deal, crazy oh, good yeah. deal. So, got like a seven-pound ham for what, like four dollars and some change, five bucks. Nothing at all, yeah. Nothing at all. I could, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, yeah, I'm very excited, very excited about that. Um, but well, and and I thought I heard you crack open into something there. Yep, I am uh, concocting my holiday sangria style. Okay. Mm. Okay. Oh, here's here's looking at you there, kiddo. Yep, yep. Here's on you. Oh, God, it's so bad. Oh. That's so fucking bad. I'd rather drink Four loco than this shit, Josh. <laughs> Give me a gold Four loco, my kingdom for a Four loco gold right now. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's so bad. It's like... It's like, like how- if box wine were hateful. Right, like, I'm, 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 I'm thinking about that, like... Cause I've, cause I've seen things like, like mojito malt liquor kind of stuff or that's in a can. So like, I can almost see how sangria could kind of work. Maybe is like a hard seltzer. Well, well you're like making your own hard seltzer out of it. I'm making it a harder seltzer. Yeah. Yeah. But, but then it is, it's just like, well, but then if I want sangria, I'm just going to have sangria and I'd much rather like do that. Um. But Oddly enough, with like a shot of Tito's vodka in here, 
You don't taste any booze. I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That is true. That is true. Hmm. It's almost as if oh, like man. the. It's almost as if the alcohol is like blinking into and out of your perception, and maybe it kind of floats over here for a little bit, and then it floats over to this other part, and you don't quite know how it got there. And <laughs> the next thing you know, you're asleep on the bathroom floor, and you have a pounding headache. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Yeah. So more scary lights. More scary lights. So. So this was like the kind of Southwest, right? Are there yep, are there yeah. other regions of these United States of ours that have their oh baby? Kind of... I'm gonna okay. get international with this. Oh, even better. Yeah, we're gonna uh, jog on down to Australia. <gasps> Good day. And talk about a little phenomenon called the Min Min lights. Well, that already sounds delightful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're kind of. Actually, these are kind of cute. Like. Mm -hmm. As I was doing this, outside of like one very specific type of weird light, whatever you want to call it, they're all these all just seem kind of cute and really not nasty at all. They're just like, as far as I'm concerned, these are like dumb Pokemon, you know, like, mm. yeah, like okay. if they're like chipmunks, <laughs> like chipmunks will follow you. They will get up in your shit. But if you try to go to them, they'll run away from you. Okay, yeah, no, that's I think that are. makes perfect. Yeah, Luminous makes Chipmunks. <laughs> the title of my first acid rock album, Luminous Chipmunks. <laughs> Featuring Josh on trumpet and me on tuba. Playing yeah. only Christmas carols. <laughs> so the Min Min Lights. Um, these things are found throughout Australia. They're everywhere down there, but they're highly localized to a section of area called uh, Channel Country in New South Wales. Okay. So it's like, if you're looking at Australia, this is kind of in, like, the 4 o'clock position. Oh, okay. Yeah, for some context. It's kind of in, like, the very middle of it, a little bit, if you don't think about it too hard. Mm. Mm -hmm. These have existed since pre-colonial times. So, like, before all the whites showed up on Australia, the Aboriginals had an oral tradition of this. Oh, gotcha. So they knew about it way beforehand. Mm -hmm. Um... So they may, they may have been first described in a book called uh, Six Months in Australia, written in 1883. But then some stuff I've read said that this was the wrong type of light phenomenon. What the guy was explaining in Six Weeks in Australia was, um, I guess, just um, St. Elmo's Fire. Okay. And really quick, I should have done this beforehand. St. Elmo's Fire is just... Um, it's it's its own deal. It's none of the right. stuff we're talking about tonight is St. Elmo's fire. Mm -hmm. What that is, is um, an electrical plasma discharge that occurs off the tip of something in um, the right type of uh, environment. So usually yeah. during storms, uh, static energy will collect and pool on the tips of shit, and then it'll discharge. And this can do this does this a lot on a uh, ship masts. Yeah. Sailors used to see St. Elmo's fire all the time. Right. Well, and it and it often, if I remember correctly, uh, often looked kind of kind of like greenish, like something about some way that the electricity was discharging, or maybe like the salt, the salt water in the air, maybe that made it kind of greenish. But yeah, which is why they call yeah. it St. Elmo, because St. Elmo, Irish guy, green. It makes sense to drunk sailors. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, one thing, well, I did think it was cool. They talked about, or a lot of accounts talk about how St. Elmo's fire is a symbol of good luck. Mm. And quite frankly, if I saw plasma shooting off the tips of my uh, masts in a giant thunderstorm, I don't think that's good fucking luck. It, and also, according to Wikipedia, it can discharge off animal horns. Whoa. And man, I want to see that. Yeah. That would be cool as shit. Be cool as shit, right? Like, and all I can think of is like those Texas Longhorn cattle. Like yeah. in some type of yeah. you know big Texas like thunderstorm, and they start popping St. Elmo's fire off like in between their uh, or their uh, horns. That'd be that'd be cool as shit. Yeah, or there has to be if there's not already a Pokemon that does that, there has to be one. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like a Tauros. Uh, electric yeah like normal electric type it's one of his evolutions you give him a thunderstone and yeah like he turns into like a longhorn and That'd be cool yeah uses thunder or something like that also i just had to double che- i had to double check because i because i i said this but then i thought wait a second that doesn't sound exactly exactly right so it, yeah. it's not it's not saint elmo uh as in like some Irish dude, it's St. Elmo, also known as St. Erasmus of Formia, who's the patron saint of sailors. There you go. So that's what I, before, yeah, like the, the corrections came flying in on social media. I, thank you. But, but I, but I corrected my error there. So I'm but, super proud of you for going, oh yeah, I've, I've heard of that before. It's bright red and kind of fuzzy, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then the <laughs> sailors who witnessed this, they get bouts of like feeling really ticklish and they just like flop around the deck going <laughs> I think I nailed the flavor on this it tastes like a fucking candle there it is yeah you oh you go open up anything that says like cranberry something or cinnamon spice something there it is that's what this flavor it's is drinking it's, a candle. It's a candle candle flavor <laughs> St. Elmo's candle. It's probably a red candle. candle. I love it. I love it. Anyway, back to Midnight Lights because we're done with St. Elmo's fire. Because yeah, it is cool, but it's not. It's not what we're talking about tonight. It's we know what that shit is. We've we've seen it. We've replicated it. Whatever. No one gives a shit. Right. Right. But Midnight Lights. Um, they may be named from for a hotel in the region known as the Midnight Hotel. Which burned down in something, 86, I want to say? Allegedly, what, well, I don't know. The hotel burned down originally, and the whole region's haunted, yada, yada, fart. Who cares? It's not that. Um, really, what we might, what it might be is uh, the mispronunciation of an aboriginal word. Oh, okay. I mean, that So, you know, like, we had likely. Milwaukee when it was Miliwake, the good earth. Mm-hmm. But, like, same thing for the aboriginals. Because go white folks. <laughs> Uh, these are said to be shaped like a disc, and they'll hover just above the horizon. They can be mm. r- white and sometimes red or green, once again with Christmas colors. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're said to be bright enough to cast shadows. Dang. Which I thought that was pretty cool. And then people who have encountered them have said that they are curious, shy, and they can move as quickly as a car. Dang. Yeah. I mean... Well, and... And I love that too. Going back to your chipmunk uh, kind of statement there, yeah, th- that these lights are described as curious and shy. Um, like, yeah, it, 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 
it does either seem to like put on them or that's like kind of one way to think about it right like 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 those labels those characterizations are like putting something on them or maybe that's just how the people described it like yeah there's this like curious light that came up and was like looking over my shoulder like hey mate how about a game of footy there and then then you turn around and then it runs off right or yeah but then also shy because like it wants to join in this game of australian football and kind of tussle around but then it's also kind of shy and then it flitters off Yeah, I, 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 they're like I said, they're kind of just cute. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I am so pissed off. Uh-oh. I had a website with testimonials, and I was going to send it to you, and we were going to read fucking Min Min Light sightings in Australian accents. Hell and now yes. I can't find that god. I can't find the site. Oh no. Oh, man, I'm so disappointed. Listeners, technical flaw on my part. I had a site. Josh and I were going to read reviews with Australian accents. Probably better this way. It's all right. Min Min yeah. Lights. They're cute. They're funny. They make a lot of touristy money, but I buy into them because there's pre-white people accounts of them. And for whatever reason, I just don't trust the white folks. Well, it, and yeah, that that there is a long-established tradition of this. Like, that that seems to give credence to me, right? Like, I'm... Yeah. I am like, like there's the... Um, this was a... This is like kind of a kind of a meme from like last year or maybe the year before right but it's like the like swole like jack doged and then like the crying doge yeah where like the swole one is like ancient historians then it'll say something like my cousin told me this dream he had and that's that's how we have our emperor right and then the like crying doge is like Oh, uh, I need to find the receipts from this 1836 grocery store to support my thesis. <laughs> and yeah, anymore, I'm I'm with the swole doge. And I'm like, hell yeah, like uh, Aboriginal or indigenous people were talking about this thing for like thousands of years. Uh, you're goddamn right. That thing is real and exists and like has some has some like effect on on our world you're goddamn right it does i we'll get there but i have a theory Mm. again like the marfa lights we don't know what the min min lights are but we do have maybe some ideas once again they think well i guess not once again this will come up next week a lot of the explanation for this is oh it's swamp gas discharge and while it is true that certain types of gas underneath the earth will catch fire every now and then that is not what these are Mm. people report these things moving they will follow you they will run away from you and swamp gas can't move as fast as a car so that one's already right uh, that one's already off Mm -hmm. another big one that naysayers love is it's another fata morgana it's the same deal as with the marfa lights it's the projected image between the hot and cold layers this one may be kind of sort of because where this area is located in uh they call it uh channel county and it's because there's all these underground water channels and maybe that Mm. underground water makes the like heat hot cold sandwich that you need to project this image but again it's weird i don't i don't know maybe not that one so much but finally josh and if it's not really like the app like it's not a naturally occurring thing that's just there i hope it's this a neuroscientist named jack pettigrew 
posited that the Minmin lights were made up of super clusters of bioluminescent insects, like fireflies. That is awesome. That's that awesome, but his follow-up cool. theory to that is that it was giant owls with bioluminescent somethings on them. Because the Minmin lights only come out at night, so it's got to be a goddamn owl, but the owl glows in the dark. <laughs> and I'm really hoping for glow-in-the-dark owl. It, yeah, it, it ate so many... Um, yeah, like fireflies that just glowing right through its skin and its plumage. And it's like, oi, I think I had too many of them lightning bugs. Oh. <laughs> Need a case of Forsters to wash this down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough amendment lights. Um coming back to america there's tons of these i shouldn't have focused so much on america but i did whatever well Who cares it, it, it makes also sense, next week is going to be a lot more european based so it's all good oh, okay okay right right on yeah yeah yeah. we're gonna go to a little thing called the brown mountain lights in north carolina all right once again these are lights that appear after dark and they run all around the base of brown mountain in north carolina and apparently there was an X-Files about it that I totally wanted to watch but didn't. And these get weird because they're, for whatever reason, the brown mountain lights are, mo are more associated with aliens than anything else. Mm. They don't think it's like fun light phenomenon. They think that these are lights that come down and take people away. Oh, shoot. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of fun. But once again, Josh, you and I can go on a road trip and go to this national forest and we can check these things out. But... I. I don't like Brown Mountain as much. They're not as fun. People see them, big fucking deal, right? Mm, yeah. I'm tired of these lights that don't do anything. I want to talk about the lights that hurt us, so we're going to move on to Chapter 2, and it's going to be called Ball Lightning. Make a sport sound with a thunder sound. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> this is where shit gets so weird, where everything else may be explained away by, by St. Elmo's fire or bioluminescent owls or whatever. Or, or, or maybe weird blinky lights in the desert. Ball lightning is batshit insane, and there's so many different types of it, Josh, that I am almost 100% sure that it can't just be one thing that we're yeah. calling ball lightning. I think a lot of little things are making up this bigger thing. And why do I say that? Well, I'm glad you asked, Josh. <laughs> they can move in literally any direction, these ball lightning deals, right? Right. They are always unpredictable, or they can follow a path. They sort of move as if they're just doing their own thing. Mm. They can move against the wind during storms. They can pass through objects. Sometimes they can move, like, through the holes of ships. Uh, there was an account of a chunk of, or I, I don't know what you call it, a blob. Uh, uh, there, was, there was a ball of ball lightning that passed through a passenger plane, and nobody was hurt. It just Whoa. went through the damn plane, and everything was cool. Whoa. Yeah. They can do that, or they can behave like lightning does and blow the fuck out of anything they come in contact with. There are reports of ball lightning hitting ship masts and rupturing the mast like halfway out. So like the top and middle or bottom are fine, but that middle, nah, it just decided I don't want to be in this thing anymore and it doesn't need to be in a thing, so fuck off. And blow, they just blow up. Holy cow. Sometimes when they dissipate, they can burn shit. They can incinerate it, or, or not, let me do that again. They can incinerate shit, or they can melt shit because the heat is so insane. Ball lightning is batshit crazy. <laughs> uh, we see ball lightning a lot against power lines, traveling mm -hmm. just 
up it. It'll like run in between the arc, or it'll run in between the power lines and kind of like a weird. I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. You, there's the arc of energy, and there's a big ball in the middle of it. It just buzzes up. But that makes me think of Pokemon because once upon a time I read a Dex entry for Voltorb that said that they like to roll along power lines, sucking up the power. I thought it was um, cute. I thought it bared mentioning. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, they can be upwards of 300 meters or higher in the air during thunderstorms, or they can show up in calm weather. You can see them from a plane, just chilling. Sometimes there's just giant balls of energy floating in the sky. We don't know why. <laughs> they can either be transparent or translucent or multicolored or radiating flame or fuzzy or sparkly slash sparking. They can appear as spheres, pairs, uh, ovals, rods, or discs. When they dissipate, they can either like fizzle out of nothing. They can make a big like thunderclap sound. They can blow shit up. Man, ball lightnings are insane, Josh. That is, uh, that's well, because like think about. I think you're onto something that what we're we're kind of like terming ball lightning could be like a couple of different things. But also just like truly like how unpredictable just regular lightning is. Like sure we can make like the, um, yeah like kind of like lightning vein on the side of a building so that it strikes that instead of something else. Like we can kind of sort of gauge how it's going to strike or where it's going to strike. But still like so much of it is out of our control that yeah. maybe, maybe every once in a while it just like turns into a little sphere. And kind of dances along. Sure, maybe it dances along some power lines. And then, yeah, like, blows up somebody's barn. Like, <laughs> yeah. Who, yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, like, th apparently they can... I read one deal. I couldn't back it up. But I read one deal about Russian campers. And they talked about a chunk of ball lightning came into their tent. And this guy woke up and watched this go in and out of the people's sleeping bags. It would phase through the sleeping bags and burn the people inside of them and then shoot out the, like, head hole of the sleeping bag. And it was doing this weird musical chairs of coming in, hey, fuck you, popping out the head hole. Coming in, hey, fuck you, pop out the head hole. And I couldn't find anything to back that, but whatever. Like, okay, um, even so, so, like, even sometimes these things behave as if there is a type of driving intelligence behind them. Yeah, like, okay, so new... Sci-Fi Channel original movie, Ball Lightning. Uh, yeah, coming on after Dick and Chicken. Chicken yeah, and yeah, coming on. <laughs> yeah, group of group of friends, group of college students. They go up to the mountains to go camp over spring break or whatever, and all your like stereotypical stock characters, right? And then. What happens? Like, oh, uh, uh, Steve, come in on, on the radio. There's uh, there's bad weather ahead. Uh, okay, gang. Hey, I think we should turn back. Whatever, nerd. I'm here to party. Woo, spring break camping in the mountains. And then you just hear like the little crackle in the distance. Like that. <laughs> and yeah, it's just... It's just and it's just one singular ball lightning. Like there's not like multiple ones that like pop in and out. There's one that has intelligence, and it picks them off one at a time as they go off to the woods to have uh, sex or whatever or smoke weed, because um, this is a very moralistic ball lightning, and 
right before it like zaps them, it says, "You should have waited until marriage," and then like fries them. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that. Oh Josh, no! Lightning being upright and pert. Oh no! <laughs> um, in Widecombe, in the Moor. Devon in England. Okay, that's the name of the place. So, okay. October 21st, 1638, four people died and approximately 60 people were injured during a storm. Witnesses described an eight-foot ball of fire striking and entering the church, nearly destroying it. Large stones from the church were, walls were hurled to the ground through lar- and through large wooden beams. The ball of fire allegedly smashed the pews and many windows and filled the church with a foul sulfurous odor and dark, thick smoke. The ball of fire divided into two segments, one exiting through a window by smashing through it, the other disappearing somewhere inside the church. Because of the fire and sulfur, contemporaries explain this ball of fire as the devil or the flames of hell. What? <laughs> Later on, this incident was blamed on some people playing cards in the pews during a sermon, thereby pissing God off. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, they couldn't wait. They couldn't wait until church ended. <laughs> I just had to. I just had to play gin rummy right there in the pit. <laughs> <laughs> you ready for another one? Oh boy. Okay. Here we go. Yep. Here Bring we go. Bring it on. This is from Oddities in Print by Adam Benedict. This comes from the Griggs Courier, November 6, eighteen ninety-one, out of North Dakota, but. Hang on, because this isn't in North Dakota. A curious funder, but fun. <laughs> wow, fucking sangria. <laughs> a curious thunderbolt fell at Berga near Schlieben in Germany recently. It appeared to be a ball of fire that came down the chimney of the bedroom in the bedroom of a man, his wife, and three children who were sleeping. On emerging from the fireplace, it broke into two parts, each which assumed a globular form. One of these globs ran along the rafters and disappeared while the other traveled slowly toward the bed, onto which it jumped afterward. Thence the man watched it roam around the room, finally disappearing through the wall with a loud crash. None of the occupants were injured, further than being temporarily deafened. You have, like, pious churchgoers getting their shit rocked because we're playing cards, and ball lightning gets angry and fucks your shit, or you're just sleeping in your little town, out of, or your little bed outside of Schlieff in Germany, and it comes in your room and just checks on some stuff. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, this is a very nice dresser you have here. Where, where did you find this? <laughs> uh, was ist los? <laughs> like, oh, good. Guten Nacht, mein Ehre. <laughs> oh, no, it's the ball lightning juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> I don't got a knock. Let the ball lightning in. <laughs> Now I know what you're thinking. Okay. Mark, yep. these are commonplace sightings made by the common folk, right? Sure. Yeah. Those, Surely yeah, nobody in merit buys in a ball lightning. Yeah, right? they probably just had too much to drink at the pub and telling stories to... Yeah, what's a more, like, authoritative, reliable source here? Come on. How about Tsar Nicholas II of Russia? <laughs> yep, I think that'd do it. Here we go. Once my parents were away, and I was at an all-night vigil with my grandfather in a small church in Alexandria. 
During the service, there was a powerful thunderstorm. Streaks of lightning flashed out one after the other, and it seemed as if the peals of thunder would shake even the church and the whole world to its foundations. Suddenly, it became quite dark. A blast of wind from the open door blew out the flame of the candles which were lit in front of the icon, icon stasis. I don't know what that is. Mm. Uh, there was a long clap of thunder, louder than before, and suddenly I saw a fiery ball flying from the window straight towards the head of the emperor. The ball, it was of lightning, whirled around the floor, then passed the chandelier and flew out into the door into the park. My heart froze, and I glanced at my grandfather. His face was completely calm. He just crossed himself calmly, as he had as when the fiery ball had flown near us, and I felt it was unseemly and not courageous to be frightened as I was. Very sweet moment. From the Tsar of Russia seeing ball lightning. And if that's not enough, Josh, I have an account of ball lightning from a true wizard. Huh? Let's hear it. From Aleister Crowley, the greatest wizard who ever lived in our modern times. There we go. Yeah. He describes a thunderstorm on Lake Pequesk. Pasquini? I don't know. I'm not from New Hampshire. Lake Pasquini in New Hampshire, United States in 1916. With what I can only describe as calm amazement, that dazzling globe of electric fire, apparently between 6 and 12 inches in diameter, was stationary about about 6 inches, 15 centimeters, below and to the right of my knee. As I looked at it, it exploded with a sharp retort of quite impossible to confuse with the continuous turmoil of the thunder and lightning and hail, or that of the lashed water and smashed wood, which was creating pandemonium outside of the cottage. I felt a very slight shock in the middle of my right hand, which was closer to the globe than any other part of my body. Aleister Crowley, the greatest wizard of our age, got shocked by ball lightning, Josh. I mean, what... What more can you, what what yeah? What more do you need than to demonstrate that like this is this is a thing and it and it happens and it interacts with people and it, uh, yeah. What do you yep. need? <laughs> and then rounding out all of this stuff, I want to touch real briefly on the following because it's so cool that it's going to get its own episode. But I've got to finish reading a book about it. I'm actually reading two books about it right now. Just real briefly, we're going to talk about Foo Fighters. And do not make a joke about Dave Grohl, because nope. every fucking podcast that I listen to talking about the Food Fighters made a fucking Dave Grohl joke, and two wizards are better than that. We, we, yeah, we Barring are. Barring that, right, yeah. Josh, do you know anything about Foo Fighters? Aren't, okay, if, if memory serves, aren't these like what uh, like pilots would see, right? Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. In, in like World War II? During World War II, but according to... What I can only call the current, like, Foo Fighter expert, um, Graham Rendell, he said okay. that they appeared in World War One too. Oh, wow. As as well. Sorry. As, yeah, right, right. Also. As well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were made, so we saw them in both the European and Pacific Theater. They were made most, like, so they got really famous off one case out of an American Legion magazine, which detailed accounts from the... Uh, 415th Night Fighter Squadron. Mm. And these guys had like a shitload of run-ins with Foo Fighters. Wow. So this is coming out of Strange Company, Military Encounters with UFOs in World War One. Excuse me. Oh, God. This sangria is rough, dude. I don't like this candle beer. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't blame you. <laughs> and this one's cool because this has all the original like military reports. They just scanned them in. <gasps> Dang, that is cool. 
So this is from um, U.S. Army. It's an U.S. Army debrief of the 415th Night Fighter Squadron, uh, January 30th, 1945. This is the entire accounting of the Night Fighters and all their Foo Fighter activities. Uh, so, and just real quick here, Mark, cue up the Wii Fit Channel theme, because it's going to get Wii Fit Channel in here. <laughs> On the night of December 14th and 15th in 1944, at the, in the vicinity of Ayrton, um, flying at 1,000 feet, observe large red ball at 2,000 feet going east, approximately 200 miles per hour. December 16th through 17th, uh, 1944, 20 miles north of Brioche. Also, these are typed up, so I'm kind of, it's kind of tough to read in, like, old-school oh. typewriter. Yeah, yeah, sure. At f yeah. At 500 feet, observe five or six flashing red or green lights in a T-shape. Thought they were flak. About ten minutes later, saw the same lights much closer behind me. We turned port and starboard, and the lights followed. They closed in about 6 o'clock and 1,000 feet and remained in that position for several minutes and disappeared. So this guy sees them, thinks it's German anti-aircraft like you know anti -aircraft fire. Mm-hmm turns away from them, and the balls follow them at a fixed position. Yeesh. Right? Um, patrol, okay, so this is December 22nd, 23rd, 1944. Patrolling at angle 10 from Saarburg to Straborg North and south of Highway at 6, at 6 o'clock in the morning, saw two lights coming towards from the ground. Upon reaching altitude of plane, they leveled off and stand on my tail for approximately two minutes. Lights appeared to be large, to be a large orange glow. Orange glow. After staying with AO for approximately two minutes, they would peel off and turn away, fly along level for another few minutes, and then go out. They appeared to be under perfect control at all times. December 23, 1944, observed reddish color flames at considerable distance at approximately 10,000 feet. Maybe that one's harder to explain. Yeah. December 23rd, 24th, approximately 10 miles south of Point X, which we don't have the location for. Uh, fi uh, five miles, a glowing red object was shooting straight up. Changed suddenly to plain view do and flew over the wing, going into a dive, and then disappeared. So these guys are seeing shit. I'm not going to read all of them, but there's a ton of them. Uh, one of the weird things that everyone reports is that they sometimes, sometimes they'll fly single. But then other times they'll fly in formation. There was a report in that book about a, a group of five, or no, how do you do that? 500 individual Foo Fighters just appearing over the Solomon Islands. 500 is a lot of that's, shit, Josh. Like yeah, 500 fucking anything. Yeah, that's a oh, And man. these are all like actual air. This is all real shit. This is all stuff that people swore to. This is all stuff that they reported. And one big thing to point out here that I came up with time and time again is that the pilots in this area during this time, they all said the same thing, that if I reported every weird thing that I saw, I wouldn't be a goddamn pilot. So for them right. to come out and make an accounting of this, it's insane. Right, yeah. That's, ugh, that is wild. And to kind of round it out, we have no idea what Foo Fighters are. They're... They're just a thing that occurred. The sightings of them dropped off almost completely at the end of the war. They just stopped happening. Americans didn't know what they were. The Germans took credit for them, but they had no fucking clue what they were. The Russians didn't know what they were. And we can all assume that the Italians, being the Italians, didn't even know that planes were a thing in World War II. Right, yeah. <laughs> There's that... I forget where I read it, but, like, when Hitler was informed that the Italians had joined the cause, he goes... Oh, yeah, send one battalion down to take care of them, and, the, and his 
and this guy goes, no, no, Mein Fuhrer, you don't understand. They're joining our cause. Oh, God, send down six regiments to help them. (laughs) (laughs) But like I say, man, I want to do Foo Fighters in a later episode because there's so much to this shit. Right, yeah. Yeah, But yeah, yeah, right now, part one, weird lights up in the sky. My overall theory is that this shit has always been here. As I read the the Jacques Vallée book about him, we're seeing the same shit across all cultures. Um, it's the same type of thing. It changes a little bit. Their technology seems to match ours. Like a big describer is there was a lantern in the sky. There was a flaming shield. Right. And that's the best way that they had to describe it. Mm-hmm. But everybody across the planet was seeing this shit all at the same time. And if everybody's seeing it, then something's got to be there. And quite frankly, Josh... I just think that there's something that's in the middle between where we are and what everything else is, and that's where this shit exists, is right there in the middle. Yeah. And I think it's just watching us. Like, it's it's the cute, like, squirrely chipmunk Min lights. Mm-hmm. It's the weird Foo Fighters. You know, they just want to watch some really wicked awesome dog fights. Like... Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's more than my brain can wrap. <laughs> and to your point, too, yeah, I think I agree. There, there is some... Yeah, there's some curiosity. There's some even like almost like playfulness about it. Like if they're just kind of hopping and bopping around. Um, And then who knows? Maybe there are some like super judgmental ones that want you to pay attention in church. And if you don't, if you bring your deck of cards to play Go Fish or whatever. uh, Yeah, they're going to explode and like kill hundreds of people. So... (laughs) Yeah, I, I love what, what an asshole God is for like being yeah. mad at like two people. He's like, "Fuck everyone in this church." Pay attention. Uh, <laughs> well, and he's the and, kind of teacher gives a pop quiz when two kids are talking in the back. Yeah, yeah. Hundred yeah. point pass fail essay. Get after it. you have twenty minutes. Go. Yeah. Well, and even but also even you and I, you and I had our own. Hey, this is a weird thing. This is a weird light. And it wasn't just us. Like, well, I guess in my case, it was just me because everybody else was asleep. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, like that. Yeah, the trailing car was like we weren't flashing our headlights. You were the one f- doing a flashlight back at us, like that. So who was it? someone was f- hanging a flashlight out your back window? Was like, yeah, no, right. Like that's that's it. That's where it's like, okay, yeah, something something clearly clearly's going on. There. Well, and and yes, and thinking of. Right, like the symbolic elements of that too, going, going, you know, kind of back there. Like, yes, with like comets, like comets are a different thing because those very clearly and predictably track across the sky and they have their long tails. Um, but then, yeah, that these, like you were saying, just appear all over the place and there's different stories about them and they all, but, and yet they all kind of like behave roughly the same. Uh, yeah, maybe a like universe running perpendicular to ours. Maybe it like fades in and out sometimes, and these little and these little guys just like bloop in and yeah, hang out for like a couple minutes and then they bloop out. So yeah, it's I don't know. It's fun. It's weird. It's fun. Yeah, exactly. It's, and that's here and that's we are, two we do. wizards doing ooky spooky Christmas lights. Like, well, and but but that's just it. That's what we do at Two Wizards. We get into weird and fun, and uh, also about blinking lights. Um, I mentioned like having to run and get the Christmas tree. Why I was at the uh, hardware, the home improvement store, was I had uh, my icicle lights 
and like half of the string just like crapped out and didn't and wouldn't oh, turn no. on anymore. So I was like, all right, here, I got to get my strange lights <laughs> and hang them out front. Because oh man, okay, uh, yeah. And what if what if that's even it? Like it's such it's so ingrained in our like um, shared consciousness and our shared history. That we have to replicate that. We have to put up our own Christmas lights that like blink in and out, and you have to like wrestle with them to get them out of the box each year. And uh, you do different things, and sometimes they turn on, sometimes they turn off. Who 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 knows? Who knows what it is? Uh, but I'm but I'm excited for part two and hearing more stories about strange lights that we don't know why what they are or why they are or. Should we be freaked out or not? <laughs> oh, if you're, yeah, you should be with these. The next, the next oh, okay. series to follow, absolutely. <laughs> with these next batch here, okay. <laughs> well, these were cute. Enough. These were cute chipmunks. Okay. The next one is like shit weasels. It's yeah. <laughs> okay, well, to be forewarned is forearmed. So, uh, listeners, tell us your stories because I had mine. Mark had his. We would love to hear your stories of like, hey, this is a weird light that I saw. Um, maybe you're a resident of Marfa, Texas. Maybe you're in Australia. I just double checked. We have some downloads in Australia, and I believe even Damn New South right. Wales. Let us know. Tell us your experience with the Minmin lights. Share with us your testimony so that we can do our outrageous Australian accents and um, <laughs> we'll read it on air. We will do that for you. Uh, Mark, how are some ways that uh, our good listeners can get? in touch with us well you can get in touch with us by going to the two wizards podcast at gmail.com you can find us on twitter at two wizards pod c1 you can find me at marky stardust on twitter you can find me on my other podcast the dangle podcast and josh where can they find you buddy uh they can find me on twitter at plan barbarian and uh yeah i think we are i think we are just um well actually no because what we're gonna do is we're actually gonna maybe like kind of we're, we're 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 gonna cut it here, and then come back for our holiday challenge uh, part two, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, so and I li- think what I'll do is I'll release this, these next two parts as individuals, and then I'll cut them all together as like a master holiday episode list. Oh, okay, awesome. So or listeners, like episode don't, challenge, whatever. Okay, yeah. So don't don't go anywhere. Uh, well, or I guess maybe if you have to go somewhere, that's fine. But point being. Uh, Mark and I will get into part two of our uh, Christmas movie or TV show or media challenge. Uh, And just kind of as we were talking before recording, uh, I think I kind of um, I was I was sitting fairly pretty this week. I don't know if I had too many stinkers, but but Mark, it sounds like maybe you had you had one or two. Oh, I guess you're, they're just you, Josh, and they are going to have to follow us over to uh, yeah. the next little episode here. So, yeah, uh, for Two Wizards Podcast, my name is Mark, and I am a wizard. And I'm Josh, and I'm a wizard. Thank you for joining us once more. Uh, shine a flashlight in the night sky, but don't do it if any planes are crossing. You'll get in trouble for that. Uh, and, uh, and, 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 yes, check out our holiday uh, Christmas movie and TV show challenge, part two. Take care, everybody. Good night, guys. He rolled upon his back, and after that, I killed them all! Ah!